Morning, morning. Who's excited to be at church this morning? Excellent. I'm trying to see how loud you can be. I'm normally working in the Hope Discovery Kids Centre, and our kids are normally pretty loud. So, adults, you're going to have to be a little bit louder in future. But anyways, oh look, my name is Adam, and it's great to be here with you this morning, whether you're here with us or joining us online as well. And it's actually been great going through our entire Ages and Stages series. I've really enjoyed listening to it. I haven't been here every week. I'm a person who listens on the podcast every week and keeps up when I'm not, when I'm traveling and around the place. And it's been really great listening. I learned so much from Sandy and Grace talking about what they were helping with our elderly populations, but I have lots of gray hair, so I feel like I still got a lot out of it. Uh, Winnie with our adults, and I know I was, I've heard some people very excited to be in generations they didn't realize they were in. They felt a little bit younger, which was great. Uh, Dorothy and the discussion with our teens, and it was great to hear their perspectives on their journey as well. And today, I am wrapping us up with our discussion around our children. Now, I do wonder why I've been asked to talk about children. Maybe it's because I'm twice the height of them, or Jess, my wife, has told you some stories about how I act. But without all of that, I think it's, look, it's really great that we can actually make sure that we can come alongside and journey alongside our children as they journey in the faith. But... Looking around this room, I don't see there's too many kids here because I think they're all at Hope Discovery Kids. So, we've been doing call-outs and shout-outs, so maybe, tech team, if I run down into Auditorium 2, can you get me up on the big screen? I'm getting a thumbs up from the back. I'm going to run down into Auditorium 2 and you're going to hear from our Hope Discovery Kids. It's a long way. realize how big our building is running between the auditoriums. Far out. Whew. Lucky I've got long legs. All right. You heard how loud they were. So if I say, where are all our adults in the room? Can you shout as loud as they did? One, two, three. They might have heard us down there. Anyways, look, I'm not here to run between our building. That's not the point of what I'm here for today. One of the things I wanted to share about is I get the privilege of traveling around Australia, helping our young people look at what they see as the biggest challenges in their community and then build the skills to go out and lead change. Jumping on a plane tomorrow to head off to Narrabri, I've got 90 primary school kids up there looking at what they can do to shape their community because I believe in what they can do, what they can achieve, and I also know that God's created them in a way that they can shape the world right now. But it's not the normal conversation that we often have with our young people. A lot of the time in education, we talk a lot about preparing children for something that will come next. They're not ready just yet. We've still got to mould them. We've still got to build them. We think about how they've got to be developed, how they have to be taught for something that will come later. Maybe our Hope Discovery Kids is about preparing young people for a journey of faith that they haven't quite started on yet. 
They're just, we're getting them ready for something into the future. But I really come from a very different perspective. I hold to the value in what we create um, with what I do in work. We talk about young people leading now. I honestly believe all of our young people right now can lead, shape, and change our world. And I believe they're on an incredible faith journey that we can actually learn a lot from. Not to say that they're children and they're still growing, but they'll actually grow us and challenge us and shape us too. But we have to come alongside them in that. We have to help build them, but we have to be on the journey with them. And I believe that children look at the world in a very different way. And I think there's a lot that we can actually learn from that that we don't get at any other stage of life. So even in the Bible, we actually see occasions where children bring their perspective to situations uh, and change the way that they see the world. From my 20 minutes in the chair reading the Bible this week, I actually stumbled across in 1 Samuel and was reading about David and Goliath. And I was like, cool, let's read this and go where we go. But I actually found in that there was a story that everyone expected a certain thing to happen. Big giant, big army, that's how it's done. And then David, who was between 13 and 15 years old, as a child, went, ah, oh, I don't think that's the way we're going to do this. Saul gave him the big sword, the big shield, ready to go and do that. We expect that to be what a battle is in that time. And David rocks up with a slingshot and says, I'll do it this way. As a child, he saw it in a very different approach, a very different way. He kind of dismissed all the norms of society and went, I think this will work better. And obviously, we all know where that story ended up. David approached that battle differently, and it's a story we still tell today. We tell it from the idea of someone smaller taking down someone big, but I look at it as a story to go, we don't have to accept the way it always was, and I think our children are best placed to challenge us and go, this could be a better way. And that's what our children do. Even actually, I wrote down a little note while I was where we were worshipping before, I sort of actually, the vision came to the mind of Jesus sitting in the temple, sitting there as a 13-year-old, telling those story and listening and with that incredible wisdom. That's the world that we can live in and we can go, how do we actually learn from our children as well? Let our children help us show the way. Because I believe that they are incredibly creative, their thinking is incredibly divergent and we have to listen to them and learn from them. But we have to do this together. And all of our ages and stages discussions have been about that. It's a chance for us to learn, to build relationships, to come alongside. As um, the guiding verse, Galatians 6.10, so then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially those in the family of faith. And relationships are absolutely key to this. We can't have an idea that we want to help children, but they're never engaged when they're in another part of our building. We have to come alongside and build and journey with them on that pathway. And our children are inspiring. We just have to give them the platform and the space to be able to say what they're really feeling and thinking. I look at, I was, I've been serving in Hope Discovery Kids the last couple of weeks, and my son, Tim, got involved on an activity. He's normally really shy and nervous. Came on up, and there was a question that he was asked that I knew he wasn't ready for. It's like, oh, how do we be more sustainable? Because I was speaking about how, do we, how does God ask us to care for the planet? And he's just gone, let's just not cut down as many trees, let's not waste as much paper, let's look after our environment. I'm like, cool, great, don't have to do anything here. He's got that sorted. Didn't plan for it, but he knew what he had to say. My middle child, Zach, refuses to eat breakfast some mornings because he sits there and goes, we have to pray. Let's pray before we eat. That's what he does. Like, I'm sitting there going, Phew, okay, all right, let's stop. I'll put my, my spoon down and let's pray. Joel's a little bit young. He will do it soon. He's my nine-month-old. He'll get there. 
But that is what I'm seeing on my journey, and that is my perspective. And so we've got a great panel who are going to come up here in a moment and join me. And they spend time with children every single day, and probably there's a big kid or two amongst them. And they're going to share their perspectives and their context with all of us. And so can I please ask uh, Anne, Alicia, Scott, and Natalie, can you come up here with me and give them a big hand as they come forward? So as I said, like that, I've just shared a little bit from my perspective of the way I approach this and some of the stories I've picked up. Um, and while, um, while there's that, I'll get our incredible people that are here with us to share their, I guess, share a little bit about who they were as a child. So it's not who they are now, but what were our panel members like as children? And do you want to kick us off? What were you like as a child? Okay, well, I was quite a confident child, eldest child. And um, my parents were very affirming and affectionate, which I actually later found out was un unusual for particularly dads in my era. Um, but they were also um, very strong in faith and they lived their faith daily in front of us and included us in their faith journey, which was really important. And I made the decision to ask Jesus into my life at a very young age. But then when I got to 12, I went to a scripture union camp and they were focusing on the verse, Romans 12 verse 2, which will be familiar to some of our young people here because it's their verse mm -hmm. for the time. And um, it said, don't let the world squeeze you into its mould, I love that translation, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And at that point, I took that faith for myself as a growing human being, maturing, and um, I just, um, I loved, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Even when I was, when I started school, the first day of school, I came home and I taught my little sisters everything I learnt. And, uh, and eventually I did become a teacher. Um, but the, um, the journey God had me on, particularly in my teen years, the, um, the basis of having Jesus in my life was really what got me through. Yeah, so, fantastic. Yeah. Natalie, I think you have a bit of a story to tell us about you as a child. I do. So my story starts when I was, was a, a little toddler, and my, my mum loves to tell this story. So she's sitting with a group of people having afternoon tea, and there are chocolate biscuits in the middle of the table. And little toddler me sitting in my high chair indicated I quite like one of those, thanks. And my mum was a good mum. So she gets up from the table, she goes to the cupboard, she gets me a plain biscuit and brings it back to me. And so the story goes, I held the biscuit at arm's length, looked at it, looked at what was on the table, looked at my biscuit again, put it behind my back and held my hand out again. <laughs> that kind of sums me up. I always wanted to be where the adults were because that was where the interesting stuff was happening. Um, I liked to be observant, I liked to have things done the right way, and I liked chocolate. <laughs> Scott, what were you like as a child? I was a fairly quiet, I still am, fairly quiet and observant kid. And I loved hanging outdoors with my brothers and my mates. We'd build jumps at the BMX track, we would play cricket in the front yard, we'd ride on our rollerblades, but I'd make sure I'm wearing my knee pads and my elbow guards, wrist guards. 
Um, when mum wasn't watching, we'd swing on the clothesline, pretending it was a basketball hoop. Uh, my brothers and I would collect basketball cards. Uh, somehow, whenever I was trading with my older brother Phil, he'd get the better deal. And I'd walk <laughs> away thinking, what happened? You um, went to Youngtown Primary School, hated being sick and missing out on school, and when the canteen was open, uh, the pink mustics is what I was going for, especially <laughs> when they were soft. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember um, praying the prayer to Jesus when I was grade three um, and then going to bed that night going, I sinned. I better ask God, can I start all over again? Yeah, it was a bit of learning. And Alicia did her homework and actually asked her mum what she was like as a child. So this will be an interesting insight. Yeah, thanks, mum. <laughs> so <clears throat> mum's response. When I was a baby and child, I apparently had a cry that required immediate attention. Um, and I hated having my hair washed. Um, she said that I would cry that much that she, would, she was scared that someone would cry. I'd call child protection because um, it sounded like I was being murdered. <laughs> um, so as a, as a young girl, I was active, outgoing and brave. Um, you would find us kids outside making stews with flowers and leaves, perfume for mum, and put them in like these beautiful little bottles, but she'd never wear it, and we didn't know why. <laughs> um, you used to go down and play in the creek, make campfires. Mum would make us damper for lunch and we'd stay down there all day. At school, um, I was a bit of a social butterfly, so I never really did very well on my reports. That's often the comment that they left. She would do much better if she wasn't so like such a social butterfly. Um, I had a, a confident, assured, assured faith in God that he would take good care of me and those around me. Um, at a young age, me and mum and dad asked my brother to go and get some keys for our campsite, and he was too scared. And I walked up to him and I said, don't worry, God. Um, don't worry, Ryan. God will be with us. Um, <laughs> And so me, as a little sister, took him to, um, yeah, to get the keys. Um, and one, oh, um, another thing mum said was, I didn't always listen to sound advice, um, but now, however, I give that same advice to my children. Um, and also I used to write down these meaningful letters um, when I wanted to make my point or get my point across, um, which I still do, mum, by the way. <laughs> Um, and just one last little thing, when I learnt to drive, I mastered the bunny hop. I could oh. bunny hop from one traffic light all the way to the other, so I won't be teaching my kids to drive. <laughs> so our panel members, that's what they were like as children, they've turned out okay, and if some of those stories relate, I think some of our kids will be okay as well. Now. Obviously, each of you get opportunities to be alongside children, either working with them or spending a long time with your own children as well. And so I'm really interested in what you believe children are actually seeking in faith and then generally in life as well. And for this, obviously, as Door of Hope, how does this relate to them navigating this really fragile and uncertain world around us? Scott, did you want to kick us off with that? Um, in life, uh, I feel like it's that constant sliding scale or adjustment of security and safety to freedom and opportunity that um, kids and we all need to feel safe but we also need the uh, to be given that opportunity to have a go to learn to learn by our own mistakes to learn that when we make a mistake 
Um, we've made a mistake, and it's not that we are a mistake. Um, as, and I think that needs to be role modelled by me, um, that my boys see that I make mistakes, and that when I do, I own them, and that I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay to say I'm sorry. I think that is, um, yeah, that's huge. That's massive. Um, Natalie, what about you? What do you think our children need? Uh, a few weeks ago when, when Grace was talking, she said about those of us who have experience, particularly those who have more experience than me, she said, they are still significant, mm -hmm. that their experience, their wisdom is um, significant in our community. I think that word stuck with me for quite a while. Our children are significant. They're not waiting to become something, to, mm -hmm. to earn their significant. They are significant now. And we all have a part to, to play in being with them and learning from that and making sure that they understand that they're significant. It's not just when you're grown up and you're suddenly 18 or 21 and you're an adult, but it's everyone. Because, you know, five-year-olds, they really look up to 10-year-olds. Mm -hmm. They've got two digits in their age. They're big. And the 10-year-old, they look up to the 13-year-old. They're a teenager. They're grown up now. We all have a part to play in, in getting to know them and helping them to understand that they're significant. And we do that by asking them questions, by being part of their world. How was your hockey game this week? Did you win? Did you save any good goals? Did you get a goal? knowing what's interesting to them. Did you paint at kinder this week? What picture did you paint? What book did you read this week? Did you beat your uncle at that board game you were wishing to? Those sort of questions that are not just the general ones, how was school, but show that you understand that they're a person with interests as well. Because that then leads us to be able to ask the deeper questions. How's that friendship you were struggling with? I notice that you're making some interesting choices in life right now. Want to talk to me about it? Because our world is fragile. It's uncertain. It's broken. And if our children can find their value, their significance and their worth in this space, not this building, but this community, then it gives them a place to launch from, but it gives them roots to hold them here to. Love that. And what about your thoughts on that? Well, there is some overlap, as you might expect. But I think um, children really need a sense of identity, sense of belonging, a sense of affirmation. And interestingly, that first song we sang today was full of that. And they need to know that they can get these things from Jesus because um, our world will tell them that their value is in how they look, how they perform, who their friends are, what they can afford. We know kids love to ask the question why and 
at a certain age just because, cuts it, but then very quickly it doesn't. Um, and so to be, ha to be able to have an answer or an example or a demonstration that you can get across to a child in their short attention span mm -hmm. um, is a very big challenge. Now, we could spend all day up here talking, but I'd like to get um, Annalisha this last question around your thoughts on what we can do as a community to strengthen the relationships we have with children um, for their faith, but then also as we've been reflecting on our own as well. Um, and did you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, the first one is um, creating windows for them to see God at work in our own lives. This might might be our own children, it might be our grandchildren, it might be nieces, nephews, good friend, children of good friends. If they can see glimpses of how God is at work in our lives in a real and everyday life way, um, that is going to speak so much more to them than um, just being told something. So giving them glimpses into a real life adult relationship with God and the fun thing is that they will be able to give you glimpses into their relationship with God as well, even right now. Um, secondly is, um, that was the, the second one is, second one is, I've forgotten it. <laughs> um, Alicia, you can hand go, over. There you go. I'll pick up again in a second. No worries. Um, so... I think the best way is to actually just build relationships with our kids, mm -hmm. to spend time with them, to invest in them, yeah. to love them who they are and not yeah, who, who they're growing up to be, but to actually, you know, just really invest in the time with them now. Um, and, you know, it goes the same with us with our relationship with God, that you can't build a strong relationship with someone if you don't spend any time with them. Um, and the more time we spend with God, the stronger our relationship gets. And the same with, you know, our children or the children around us. The more time we spend with them and invest in them, the stronger our relationship will be and the more that, you know, they feel like they can come to us and they can be vulnerable with us because we have been there with them through it all. So, yeah. Okay. All right. My second one was to ask questions. Yeah. Ask questions like... What do you think about? That is a wide open question and it gives you ideas, it gives you glimpses into what's important to them, how they're thinking about things. It can give you opportunity to gently correct if they've, gone, if they've got some misunderstandings about things. But asking the question, what do you think about such and such? Even, you know, what did you learn today? What did you think about that? Mm. It goes that step further than just the surface level. That will help to um, cement and to increase your relationship. Um, I, and the third thing for me was uh, three weeks ago, Sandy invited people to come and visit at Hope Discovery Kids. And several people have done so. And I've had some chats with them as well. And it's been lovely to hear their reflections on what they are seeing there. Mm. And uh, if you went to Sunday school as a child, it's not the same. But what is being really focused upon 
is the relationship of the leaders with the children and inviting the children to discuss and to pray for each other and to actually um, enter into that spiritual relationship together. And it is a beautiful thing. So if you haven't already done so, let Melissa or somebody Mm. at the welcome desk know that you would like to visit sometime and uh, we would love to have you visit. So that would be great. Um, Adam, just one more thing. Um, At the moment... We have the elders and their spouses and some of our staff and their spouses are doing a little sneak peek at a parent course that we're hoping to run next year all about parenting for faith. And it's parenting for faith right now, not just when they're older. So I'm super excited about it and I'd just like to let people know that it's coming, I hope. Otherwise, can we give our panel members a massive round of applause? There's a lot of wisdom there shared. Thank you. Can we take that no, leave them. You're right. And I guess I just want to bring what we're talking about here to a bit of a close because I, I think one of the things I've always picked up is that you can ask great questions through relationship. And everything here has been about how do we build great relationships with our children so that we can see God at work in their lives, but they can see God at work in our lives. And as Anne has mentioned, coming along to Hope Discovery Kids, it'd be fantastic. I've been there in the last couple of weeks where some people from here have come on down and realised they're not skipping a service, they're part of something that's really great, but they're involved in the conversations. Because one of the things that is really great, after our word, we then get our children to sit down in groups and we discuss what they heard and what it meant and we pray together as small groups. Uh, And those conversations are really, really rich, and I absolutely love that space that we have. So please, as Anne has already invited, chat to Melissa or Dorothy and ask if you can come down. We don't want everyone down there next week. The room isn't that big, but come on down and have a look over the next couple of weeks. That would be really great. And obviously, to continue these conversations, one is to join with our Hope Discovery Kids service, but the other one is, and it's one that we taught about a couple of years ago, was around the concept of sparents. Some people might remember that in the back of their mind, but the idea of adults coming alongside our families and journeying with our families and journeying with our children over a little while, because everything we've talked about is in relationship. You can't just come in, have a five-minute conversation, and then be able to ask all those rich, deep questions. You've got to come on the journey. You've got to learn with our children, with the parents, with their family. And so maybe there's someone that you can actually be a pillar of faith for that family, to pray with them, to support them, to meet with them, to hear what's going on and journey with them. They are still needed in our church. Please trust me, I have three energetic boys at home. uh, And so prayer and support is always really welcome. But I guess, look, as we close our whole ages and stages discussion, we've talked about our seniors, our adults, our teens and our children. It's really important we go back to that verse, Galatians 6.10. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially those in the family of faith. I actually think Door of Hope is incredible because of all of the groups that we have that come here together. It's not just one type of person, one generation, one employment situation, one family structure, one ethnic background, one sense of spiritual maturity. Honestly, I think that would be really boring. Our church is better for it. Our community is better for it. We have ministries that support specific needs at specific stages, but here, we are all together as a big, expansive community. And with a church that spans ages and stages and backgrounds and perspectives and opportunities, the important thing is the relationships that we can build. 
How does everyone feel welcome in this building? From someone who might walk through the door for the first time and be worried about the door, sorry, the roof falling in on them because they don't feel like they belong here. Those who are joining us online because they can't always be here every week, but when they walk in, they're welcomed and encouraged. Those who we'd miss if we didn't see them here for some week because they just didn't turn up and we'd be like, what? They've not missed a week or year. Every single one of them is welcome, but we have to build the relationships. We cannot be passive and just expect those relationships to be built. We have to reach out. We have to connect. We've reached out and discussed around connecting with older people, 20 years older, 20 years younger. We've talked about connecting with our children. I guess I challenge you as we finish our series today, don't just make it one time. Do it again and again. Reach out and connect. Meet new people. Meet with others. Journey with others and build the connections that we've got. Be part of a connect group. Chat with people in the foyer. We're not a group stages that are separate, but we're a community that comes together. And we get to make that community strong and rich. And honestly, I actually don't think we should miss out on that opportunity. That is the opportunity we have at Door of Hope Christian Church. So let us be the community that comes together and is needed in this fragile and uncertain world.